but they're all equal now. Nothing but cast off remnants of a meaningless existence. Even her. How beautiful is this face? Oh, yes. She was special. Yes. Just dead tissue. But in our hands, it's the clay of life. They thought they'd made a horror Stirred a curse deep down below. One hundred What they had built it began to feel. One hundred forever now they must spin the wheel. This is the 100 Lunatics Podcast, where horror lovers and horror haters come together for insights, insults, and information overload. Tonight, Spin 22, Bride of Reanimator. Spin 22, hello everyone, welcome, come in, sit down, get comfortable. I'm your horror-loving host, Daniel Carver. And with me on the American side tonight for Spin 22, Bride of Reanimator, Marissa and Caruso. What's up? Hello. Hello, welcome back. We know that you wouldn't want to miss out on anything Reanimator involved. Not at all. And on the Canadian side, another three joining us tonight, including our horror hater, Nathan. Hello. Andrew the Intern. Hey. And Chelsea the... Have you decided on a title yet, Chelsea? Um, I'm the intern's intern. Oof. <laughs> Not the route I would have gone. Yes. It's like Master Blaster. <laughs> Just one sits on top of the other's shoulders. This, of course, is our sequels and remake spin, so we're doing Bride of Reanimator, 1990s follow-up to Reanimator. Most of the cast is coming back to joining us, all the ones that we care about anyways. Jeffrey Combs coming back as Dr. Herbert West. Bruce Abbott coming back as Dr. Daniel Kane. <laughs> Of course, uh, the head, Dr. Carl Hill's head, also making a return in this film, David Gale. Although the one big difference here, and I think a lot of us may have noticed, although not an entirely bad thing, this one not directed by Stuart Gordon. Yeah. Yes, instead the producer of Reanimator stepping in to do a little bit of writing and all the directing, Brian Yuzna. Mm-hmm. Famous for a couple of other things, though. Anybody heard of that famous cult horror film, Society? No. He directed that one. Um, how about Silent Night, Deadly Night 4? No. Oh. <laughs> didn't know there was a fourth that's, one. That's one of the best ones. I'm sorry, I didn't know he was directing on that level. Yeah, Return of Living Dead 3 and my one of my favorite horror duologies, The Dentist. And The Dentist 2, Corbin Burnson's horror franchise. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And for as bad as a dentist is, 
can any of you handle lengthy scenes of people getting their teeth torn no, out? No. 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 no, no, I don't Not watch anything with teeth or kneecaps, man. It doesn't happen, especially teeth and fingernails. No, oh. no. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's the only time I'll ever cover my eyes during a movie. I won't do it. So no, that's not happening. Yeah, in the dentist, uh, Corbin takes a hammer. Nope. To a woman's no, mouth no, for a just, long time. No, nah, dude. <laughs> nope. For a long time. My yep. favorite thing: mm, hammers and teeth. I'm cool, just you know, carrying on. And of course, he is famous for, for producing the Giver, the live-action version of the Giver with Star Wars own Mark Hamill. Mm. Mm-hmm. You gotta touch fame at least once, right? Yep. I will also say the music for this. I think, Caruso, you were a little bit down on the music on this one, right? It's one of my biggest problems with it. It's, that does suck. Maybe it's a lull, a little sophomore slump for Richard Band, who direct, who did all the music for the first movie as well. Who did all the music for From Beyond. I, I, I understand this one just felt like reanimate, Walt Disney's reanimator. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the music, that is. And more important to me, Richard Band is brother of Charles Band, who is owner of Full Moon Pictures, who makes all those great low-budget films like Puppet Master, and who, before they became Full Moon Pictures, also produced Reanimator. Yeah. So, I don't know how they took a step down for Full Moon from Reanimator, because Puppet Master is not quite on the level. Um, Did anyone else think... With the title Bride of Reanimator, that it was going to be kind of more Dr. West's Bride? Yeah. And not Dr. Kane's Bride? I thought since... I just assumed from what the ending of the first movie was that it was going to be about uh, Dr. Dan. About Dr. Dan? (laughs) Dr. Dan. (laughs) Dr. Daniel Kane. Yeah, that's what I always thought. I, I... That part of the movie, just the fact that uh, West was kind of the medium for giving him somebody, but I always figured it was going to be him anyway. Dr. Kane. I think West saw this as his bride the entire time. Yes, I agree with you. Except the last five minutes. And and we'll we'll get to that point. Um, Speaking of the original reanimator, let's recap what was happening in the first reanimator so that we can make the transition into this sequel and figure out what happened in between. So first movie, what happens? Dr. West comes into town and gets introduced to Dr. Hill. He's pushing the envelope. He's pushing the frontiers of science. No one is willing to push it as far as he is. He's willing to cross the line to get to the heart of the subject, which is the reanimation of dead flesh. Am I right? That's right. And he needs a laboratory in order to do that. So and apparently ends- a gun all of the time. Yes. But he ends up getting, what, an apartment? Or not an apartment. He rents out the basement of Dan's house. Yeah. Starts performing experiments in the basement. Starts experimenting on the cat. What would a note say? Cat dead? Details later? (laughs) Yeah, I think that was the first ever dead animal fling around the room scene that uh, Daniel actually enjoyed or at least allowed i I allowed it gave it a pass yeah yeah that is right i'm glad thank you for calling that out that is correct yeah it did get a singular pass from me on that very strict rule Mm -hmm. um will this movie do the same we'll find out (laughs) (laughs) sounds promising (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
he eventually lures Dan in by showing him that he has this regenerative serum, this neon green reagent. Reagent. And they end up finding like the perfect corpses from the morgue that they can practice it on. Uh, what happens? Shit gets out of control. Oh, yeah. Dan's girlfriend's dad, who runs the hospital, ends up getting killed and then brought back. Yeah, he's the dean. Yep, Dr. Hill finds out that this reagent works and tries to steal it from Dr. West. Dr. Hill gets decapitated by Dr. West and then becomes the headless villain throughout the rest of the movie, including the famous decapitated cunnilingus scene. Yes. Mm -hmm. Decapilingus. Decapilingus. (laughs) Here's an important part that's going to carry over into the sequel that we need to mention, is that Dr. Hill discovers that he has some sort of telepathic connection with other bodies that have been regenerated. Not in general, just with other regenerated bodies. Mm -hmm. And he calls a little army of them to take over Dr. West and his buddies. They get in that big fight in the hospital. And that's where we need to pay attention, because it seems vague. I believe Dr. West gets pulled off into the smoke by that, like, intestine monster thing. Yeah. And... Dan and his girlfriend almost make it. She ends up getting killed, and then the credits come in as Daniel is injecting his girlfriend with the serum. Yeah. And you can kind of hear her come back to life by screaming or something, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask a question about uh, Dr. Carl Hill? Yes. Um, This whole telepathy thing, did they ever really give any sort of inciting incident to his ability to telepathically control and communicate and lead all of these reanimated beings uh it it makes a big jump from him vaguely discovering he can do it with dan's girlfriend's dad because he ends up kind of like holding like like caging him in his office and studying him and i believe he kind of figures it out with him and then by the end of the movie he's just controlling armies of people we don't really get the jumping point just the like he can do it it's just kind of a natural evolution if you're a head that's been reanimated, you got to figure it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you, you have know. to innovate, improvise. Right. That and then uh, Bride of Reanimator, we actually see that he can get some distance with it, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Things strengthen over time. And Bride of Reanimator, Nathan, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in the sequel? Well, Daniel, um, Bride of Reanimator opens up. Uh, with a little bit of uh, a little bit of Dr. Dan Kane and Dr. Herbert West being what appears to be a civil war in a foreign country, they have somehow enlisted and uh, are now <laughs> um, yeah, the doctors, the go-tos for the uh, casualties of war. And we quickly start to hop, skip, and jump from there into a brand new mission of Dr. West's, and that is to reanimate different body parts this time, individually, and mesh them together and make crazy creatures with different body parts and pieces and such. Almost like, um, in his mind, he's creating life. I mean, really, we're just reanimating body parts and reanimating dead flesh. It's basically the same thing as the original. They're trying to play it off like a Frankenstein thing. And really, in the end, I gotta say, it's like they they took what was cool about the original 
So let's say you gave the original a minus three. They took all of that good, nice minus three reanimator hokiness that kind of had this wonderful mixture that came together in a perfect storm of nonsense. And um, it just kind of like tried to, it's like a child pulled it out of a box and just, you know, got all the colors mixed up on its hands and just kind of made a big mess on the canvas. And you, you know, you can tell that it has elements of the original in it, but it's just kind of a weak, poor follow-up. Kind of like giving Sylvester Stallone an Oscar for playing the same character for a seventh time kind of comes across a little empty and doesn't really have anything that packs a punch behind it, you know? It's a few moment moments in it that, you know, a couple scenes that, that kind of make you chuckle and kind of make you remember why you like the original. But really, if you're, a, if you're a fan of this kind of thing, Daniel, you should really just watch the original again because that's a satisfying experience and this is a disappointing one. Tell your dumb shit to somebody else. <laughs> oh, I don't like that toad at all. Got a chip on your shoulder. <clears throat> and with that, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, what's the first thing that we see in Bride of Reanimator? How do we get introduced? <laughs> Dr. Carl Hill's head. Yes, floating in the darkness, letting us know that his story with Dr. West is not yet over. And then, Nathan, you already mentioned it, that foreign country that they have decided to hole up in is Peru. Yes, the, the Civil War that we're all familiar with. <laughs> Famous 1990 Peruvian Civil War. That <laughs> yeah. all the Americans enlisted in to go and, and help and fight in, in, in Peru. Right. I, I like what they're doing here because what what better place to like hide out? You just went through this whole dramatic thing at this hospital where a bunch of people died. So they have gone and they've hidden out in a place, in another place where they can get access to dead bodies all the time, but not draw a lot of attention, which is in the middle of a South American civil war, which is perfect. And they treat it very much as if the bodies don't matter at all. Like, they're just pulling pieces of metal out of other people. Blood is all over the place. People are screaming. He brings them back to life and then immediately shoots them in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Dan has no reason to stay with this guy. Dan is wishy-washy. He doesn't he, know what he wants. No. I, I feel like he was just plugged in here because he was in the original and it is more fun to bring him back. That the character of Dan himself, after that traumatic nonsense that went down at the end of the original, do you see him saying, okay, let's, let's hang out with Herb and head on down to Peru and mess around with corpses. Well, I think he has he has sort of like a love-hate relationship with Dr. West. So half the time he likes being told what to do by him and being <laughs> condescended to, like he likes it. And then the other half of the time it's sort of a circumstantial thing, you know? He was also on the run, I think, for probably suspicion for murder oh, and yeah. severe <laughs> malpractice and... <laughs> whatever else so he's got to run down there with him he might not like it and he doesn't really you see him like leading against the pole with his forehead on his arm 
questioning his existence while Dr. West is in the background shooting people. <laughs> we all need to realize that Dan is not a strong individual, and he doesn't really have a lot of his own opinions. Oh, no, uh, no. Later on, they say that they've never seen a more caring doctor. He's easily controlled. <laughs> and he didn't come back to a malpractice suit either. This was a decision to just go and hang out in Peru. I'm going to stand by it. Mm-hmm. Weak I'm let individual. You, I'm not going to let Dan twist this. <laughs> which, which one? I'm confused. There you go. See? No. Started. You should define this. Andy, don't you do this. I will <laughs> fucking kill don't you. Don't you fucking yes. do this. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I just, I just lost a teammate in this whole Dan Daniel thing. <laughs> uh, but shit instantly goes bad at this little medical tent that they have set up as Francesca walks in. Uh, anyone recognize Francesca? Uh, she's the, the female star of the movie. Oh, yes. She's also... <laughs> She also makes an appearance in the original Austin Powers as Alata for China. Oh, okay. <laughs> Her most well-known role. Yes. A lot of vagina. A lot of vagina. Wow. <laughs> and I, what? So what is what is she? Is she like a journalist? Like an embedded journalist? I thought she was just kind of like their guide. There, she kind of was their. She's like their embassy. Yeah, like she's uh, she's their short round, kind of like that. <laughs> she's their Sherpa. <laughs> yeah, just their their little guide to like get them out of shit and tell them where they need to go and translate. But they don't have time to get out of there before they get encroached upon. A bunch of crazy shit goes down. Dan machetes a dude in the back of the neck. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't even hesitate. No, he gets stabbed in the stomach by a bayonet, and then. We get to watch uh, Dr. West shoot a gun, which looks very awkward. Yeah, and he, like, <laughs> flinches at each shot. It's great. Yeah. He's pretty accurate with his uh, shots, though. He killed a couple yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. This, this whole opening scene is fantastic. It's, it's ridiculous. Awesome. You're you're anticipating, yes, this is going to be great. And it's all downhill from here. Oh, incorrect. But <clears throat> what... What always bothers me is that they never have time to get the notes. Yeah, the notes are the most important thing. That's that's the only thing you're there for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that really stressed me out as well. And Dr. West uh, just drags Dan out of there, and that will bring us back to the setting of the original movie. What's it called? What's the name of the university? Muscatonic. 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 We get introduced to that Gloria woman. Oh, and the fat cop. Yeah, there's like, there's, there, I guess there's some woman that's sick that they're looking after. There's not really a bunch of explanation about how they just came right back to their old jobs. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of hazy. They're like, hey, you've been gone for eight months. They're just like, yep, just grab a clipboard and try to look busy. <laughs> Find a white coat and get to it. But Gloria will be one of three women that Dan is... Just slip slop in between with no care or remorse. <laughs> yeah. Dan's a slut. He's, He's a little horny dog. He just loves women. Thanks with his he lets his little head control his big head, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> he loves he loves a lot of vagina. Smart. 
<laughs> he just wants a lot of vagina. Don't let the little head rule the big head, Dan. Yeah, he's he's in love with Gloria's head and Meg's heart and all of Francesca. No, we know which part of Francesca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is soft and warm. Her left breast. <laughs> just that one, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the Disney part of this. Um, two two things in that in that little scene where they're in that room with her. One, I like when she mentions he mentions that she has makeup on and she's like, "Oh, stop! It's because it's the only part of me that's not sick." And immediately when when she says that, Doctor West like looks over like, "Huh?" And like grabs his little flashlight out of his pocket, looks at her head, and he's like, "No, no, you're right. It's quite well." <laughs> <laughs> and then once they wheel her out of the room. He, like, has this little tick of, like, clicking his little flashlight pen, like, five or six times where he puts it back in his pocket. And it's, like, such a subtle thing, but it's so Dr. West and Jeffrey Combs is perfect. Yeah. yeah. For sure. He and, had a lot of good moments in this one. And he calls Dan out for being a little bitch right then and there, too. Well, I mean, Cause you he, know. Because he wants to, he immediately says, he's like, you know, we can use her head. Like, we, we <laughs> yeah. right as she's rolled out of the room, like, she's got a great head. She already said it. We're going to, we can use it in our experiments. And he's like, whoa. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. Well, be a scientist. Yeah. Why don't you man up? Get your shit together. Then we get to meet our lieutenant. Mm. Who? He's the best. He really loves Flash and his badge. Oh, gosh. He should change his job title from lieutenant to professional badge flasher. No, (laughs) amateur badge flasher. Half the time it's upside down. It's an expert at getting that on screen. He just like limp wrists it into your face. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the badge isn't even showing. He like flips out the underside of his wallet. Yeah. Mumbles all of his lines. God. And he has it in for whatever the fuck is going on at this hospital. Because well, he, he brings... His character is introduced by walking into the hospital, going right to Dr. Graves' uh, laboratory... And walking in and dumping Dr. Hill's head on the table in front of him, telling him that they found it at a carnival freak show. And Dr. Graves is surprised because he has all the evidence from the the massacre that happened eight months ago in his freezer, still with police tape around it. And they just go ahead and add this head to the collection, and the detective goes on, or the lieutenant goes on and on about trying to inquire into a bigger mystery at this hospital, which is that body parts are going missing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Does everything look like it's pretty unorderly back there? All the evidence? Like it's just thrown on the shelf where it fits? (laughs) (laughs) Some of them aren't even in bags. (laughs) Organs. All over the place. Like a pantry. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what it was. But there's more order in my pantry than there is in this, uh, freezer of body parts <laughs> and cool. yes. and to be honest they don't even need that freezer because they say that all those re- like regenerated parts don't decay yeah that has just been sitting out at some freak show in the hot sun being pawed around by carnies Ugh. day in and day out oh Pro- god i can only imagine what carnies would do with a, uh, a yeah. living head yep there's a weird side effect of using this reagent it just violates all all rules of science and allows it to just not decay and Ever. it's been eight oh, months that. but i still haven't looked to see what it is okay well let's get back to the what is it lieutenant yeah the lieutenant now has dr graves and his his like 
dead body runner, that like surfer dude in the Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Fucking buff Oh hawk. gosh. <laughs> yeah. He has them both down there and you know, they're talking more about these missing body parts. Uh the one of which is right on the gurney in front of them, which is a ballerina whose feet have gone missing because the ballerina cut off her own feet when she discovered she couldn't be a ballerina anymore. I thought that was Makes really sense. fucked up just to yeah. kind of toss in there. <laughs> Jesus. It's not a huge was, detail, but there you go. That's not how people kill themselves. No. But there's there's a good little comic book-like transition when they're downstairs in the crematorium talking about the missing body parts and dr graves is like yeah but who would want to steal body parts and then it cuts right to like a creak in dr graves freezer door being opened and it's dr west just standing there like "Mm, yes (laughs) (laughs) Mm, body parts Mm." (laughs) and he goes in and he has like a little uh moment with his old friend how did you get back here (laughs) <laughs> well, well, well. What do you think of the location of the will in the brain now, Dr. Hill? I'm sorry, what was that? Actually, you've been quite useful to me. You helped me prove that consciousness resides in every part of the body. You had such pretensions of grandeur, you pompous plagiarist. (laughs) But look at you now. You're nothing but a dead head. A no body. Jeffrey Combs is excellent throughout the entire thing. That is true. He's quite amusing. Yeah, and he will, I can hear the negative vibe in everyone's voices, seemingly thinking that we're taking a big step down here from the original. I I don't think it's that big of a step down. I do think this is much more on Combs' shoulder than the previous one was, but he's still carrying it through. Yeah. Herbert, I've got something to tell you. Really? I have something to show you. Always uh-huh. one up in everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, that that this um creature that he brings back to life doesn't stick around for longer. I know, right? Didn't you like that little guy? That's cute. He was he was the cutest hand eye I've ever seen. It was like a it was like a really cute spider. How about yeah. the hole in the wall that leads to the crypt that ends up having zero impact? Yeah, that could have been worth more. Yeah, I, I feel like there was something maybe that was going to play out with that that they maybe they had to cut at the last second. There was and a quadriplegic with a boob on his shoulder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there was something that screamed like like a fight between the bride and whatever came crashing through that wall was written into a script that never got realized. Yeah, this movie does have a little bit of a case of it has two plots going and it tries to give them both fair share. When really they should have chosen one or the other, or really moved one to the background over the other one. But, but the director was like, no, we have to keep Dan and the porno part in this. <laughs> <laughs> but you're yes, you're right. They are sharing a wall in their basement laboratory with the crypt, a hundred and fifty year old crypt next door to them, uh, that Doctor West keeps covered with a heavy metal cabinet 
just in case. Yeah. Which lets you know that something fucked up is happening in that room. Not just the fact that he found it, but that he's using it for something. And then he also shows Dan, you know, they've been doing some experimental work with just reviving uh, limbs and different body parts. Something he should have already knew he could do since he revived a head separate from the body in the first movie. Yeah. And... He makes that adorable. He takes all these little cut-off fingers and an eyeball, and he puts them together on the spot. Like, he builds it right there in front of Dan, and then brings it back to life with the juice, and it's adorable. It's like the Bride of Reanimator's BB-8. <laughs> to, to be fair, to be fair, Daniel, he does say um, that it was... Doesn't he say early on here that Dr. Hill is who taught him that all parts of the body have consciousness yes and so you're right in in terms of like the the act of reanimating the head on its own taught him that not just the head but all parts yes he could have cut off the arm yeah and it would have been conscious and i i think that whole thing all body parts having consciousness is uh plays a big factor in this movie in the outcome yeah and it could have we could have done with a lot more little creatures like this guy you don't know. There's a lot going on with that little neon green serum. Pure potentiality. The primordial ooze from which life originates. Because it also seems to, like, meld the pieces together, too. Like, yeah. yeah. There's all these, like, gaps between the fingers and the eyeballs with little, like, wire rods holding everything together. And then once it kind of, like, melts some of that serum on there, it kind of grafts together and makes one whole creature... It's a miracle serum. That's a badass effect that could be taken a lot further, I agree. Oh, yeah. Where are we going from, uh... Do we get more of Lieutenant tailing them around? Does he come by their house for a visit? Don't worry, the police will never show up here. <laughs> True. Yes. Yeah, it, wasn't, the... it wasn't subtle enough, though, because the doorbell rang, and you're like, oh, it's the police, haha, <laughs> that's awesome. And then when it's the lieutenant, he's like, blah, blah, blah. And Dan has to say, the police... And the, that was. And then he shows him the yeah, badge. Yeah, it was, it the was first just. Badge yeah, flash. It's like we get the joke. You don't have to slap us in the face with it. Yeah, we do get the badge. One of many badge flashes. It is also one of many being interrupted in the basement laboratory by the doorbell. Yeah. That happens many more times. <laughs> yeah, near near like I don't know, second or third time. I'm like, why? Why are you just don't answer the door if you don't want to? <laughs> yeah, it's nothing but trouble whenever you do anyway. <laughs> It's just yeah. one of those things back in the late 80s. Whenever anyone rings the doorbell, you just have to go answer it. Like mm. whenever so the phone rings, you just have to answer it. Have to pick it up. It's yeah. true. But yeah, before cell phones, people didn't see or talk to each other for days or weeks on end. It oh, was yeah. like such a big ordeal to be drawn out of solidarity by communicating with another human being. Everyone looks at each other when it happens. Who could it be? Mm-hmm. They're stumbling over each other, pushing each other out of the way to try to get to the door first. <laughs> oh no! No, and and before the before the lieutenant shows up though, um, Dan's like, "I've had enough of this. Your creepy hand creature with the eyeball is ridiculous. You're ridiculous. I finally had enough. After everything we've been through, it is the hand eyeball creature that has pushed me over the edge. I'm out." Yeah, we've heard that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Wes goes to the fridge and says, "Ah, ah, ah! I've got Meg's heart." Don't you want Meg to live again? 
I know he knows how much of a pussy Dan is because he saw that heart at the hospital and he's like, oh, Dan will love this bullshit. <laughs> yep. And he falls for it. Dan is like an abused girlfriend. <laughs> Just keeps coming back. Yeah. This is the last time. And he's like, no, 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 I need you for these experiments. He's playing games with Dan's heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Meg's apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand why West wants Dan to be involved so much. He needs him. He's a, he's a scapegoat. Yeah, maybe. In, in the first movie, he was like, anyone that was in his way that wasn't on board with what he wanted to do was get the fuck out of my face. I've got a mission to complete. And now he just constantly placates this little pussy. Oh, he doesn't placate. I, he manipulates. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say he manipulates, and I think Dan is probably the only person he's worked with that doesn't want to take credit necessarily yeah he's he's just curious he's not a threat yeah yeah and i i feel like regardless of how west character is if there is one person that he would care about in the world other than himself the first three times it would probably be i'm i'm actually having an epiphany right now sure Mm -hmm. are you saying that dan is an intern Oh, yeah. no, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Partners. That's get treated a little yeah. poorly. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking maybe that we should be able to call the intern Dan. No. <laughs> oh. You could continue to be Daniel, oh. and you'd have, like, a Dan Daniel thing that continues on every single episode. What do you think? I don't know. I'm, like, not being that negatively affected in that situation, but I'm just, like, really uncomfortable with it. <laughs> <laughs> As you should be. This is like an experiment gone wrong, like the fingers and eyeball. Yeah, this is. There's too much going, flipping back and forth and meta. I don't like it. Okay, so Detective Lieutenant, what, what have you? What is his name? Lieutenant what? Leslie. Leslie Chapham, badge flipper extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Chapham, badge flipper. Um, yeah, he's. Here's the interesting thing. When he comes in to investigate them, he just he's real pushy, Lieutenant uh, Leslie. He just kind of bursts into the... Walks in uninvited. Yeah. Starts looking around and grabbing at stuff and poking at stuff. Asking Juan to go into the basement. No warrant. No warrant. No acting skills. No. No, yeah. Or no uh, social skills either. Not like trying to worm his way in by being nice or non-threatening. He just barges right in. He's got an agenda. He also picks up an anatomy book. And, you know, calls it really calls it gross. Yeah. But he's gross it's and like fat. He knows he's, he's visiting doctors. Exactly. He's at a doctor's house. What else would you expect to see except an open anatomy book? Yeah. It's like, ugh, stethoscope. Those are fucking cold. I hate that shit. Yeah. I guess that's why he's lieutenant and not detective. Ooh. Damn. That he's just a low fat blow. Asshole. That was fully deserved. Though. Oh yeah. Yeah. He also has uh, a little bit of a backstory of his own. That we'll get into. Oh, yeah. And now we're with Dr. Graves, who has this head. He's, like, rigged it up so that he can kind of take a nice look at it, examine it. He's also got this bat. Yeah. Yeah. He injects the bat right away. Right away. And it's already split open, obviously dead and pinned to the board. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's no way around that. And he takes a little sample and injects it. Does he know, like, the notes of Dr. West? Or I, w- I wonder how he goes, like, he knows to inject this serum and not, like, use it as an ointment well, he, or... 
puts it under the microscope and like there studies it for a sec. That and I was just gonna go off the fact that uh, he found the reagent obviously glowing in the dark ass room. He's like, oh check this shit out and i'm assuming just from what happened in miskatonic and all that stuff that he as a doctor heard from a friend of a friend what really happened or what herbert west was really up to and he i just thought he assumed that that's what he was working on and those were the results he was going for mm-hmm. it was kind of like oh it's he threw it under the microscope just to be sure make sure he knew what he was looking at and when he looked at it, he was like oh shit this is a possibility that this could work then that's and then boom, right to experimenting on the bat, which he injects, and the bat comes right to life. Oh yeah. And a, then a pass or a fail on this one, Daniel. Pass or a fail on what? Bat on face. Oh, bat on face. It's it's quick enough. We're Sounds gonna, like a pass. We're gonna give a pass on that. Yeah. Okay. It's quick enough. They, they, he doesn't uh, knock around the room, hitting things off of counters and grabbing at his face. I don't know. It reminds me of like Ace Ventura fighting with a pillow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, but the cat scene in the first one's way better. <laughs> There's the swinging the cat scene in the it's, first it's, one. That's right. And the the whole lights. So I'm just gonna keep talking about the first one. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but then he brings the head back to life, or I guess the head is sort of in stasis. Probably. I mean, it's not yeah. decaying, so. Right. It's just sort of stuck. He injects a little bit in it. And it's and it cries out for more. Mm-hmm. And he injects the rest into it, and wakes up full of sass. Yep. He lets Doctor Graves know that he recognizes him, that he saw him at a lecture <laughs> in Zurich. Yeah. About yeah, your theory is your theories were bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute something. He calls him idiotic. He's probably just like, oh, fuck, I got reanimated by this guy. Like, uh-huh. he couldn't give me, like, he probably has a list of preferred doctors. <laughs> yeah. I would have rather have Emergency seen. contact kind of thing. I think Graves has, like, tenure. And so he just kind of sits back in his little office and does whatever stupid experiments that he does on bats, and everyone leaves him alone. <laughs> and as soon as Hill wakes up, he's like, oh, shit. Because he just treats Dr. Graves like garbage oh yeah he calls he him takes stupid it. orders him around and then calls him too stupid to be ordered around I mean, yeah dr hill is just an angry person and the first one his first words back to life were bastard mm-hmm, you yeah. bastard yeah <laughs> you bastard. so basically dr graves is black dan <laughs> <laughs> he's old black dan oh black dan yep that's it I th- well i mean i would like to say that dan probably has a little bit more integrity I, no. I feel like Graves actually openly digs getting shit on by a decapitated head. No, Crusoe, I like where you're going here. I think that every character in this whole movie should be classified as some form of Dan. <laughs> oh. Uh, what, what do we have here? Morg? Morg Dan? Can we call it? Uh, is- shirt Dan? No, Surfer Dan. Surfer Dan? Surfer Morg Dan. There's, la- okay. there's Lady Dan, Fat Dan. <laughs> Oh, fat Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant <laughs> 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 Dan. Yep. Uh, you know, hey, there's a, there's a connection there. Lieutenant Dan lost his legs. They could have been reanimated. Mm, uh, separately. There you Zing. Go. Didn't need those hooker legs. Didn't need them. <laughs> those hooker legs? <laughs> yeah, but if you could have them, wouldn't you? Well, they did. They have wrapped around a lot of men. Uh, yeah. This is true. They've seen the streets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Them legs was legends in the hood. Now, I think that 
Dr. West and Dr. Dan are, they're trying to steal, like, a whole body. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. They're just gonna weaken at birdies this chick out of the clinic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's holding her head. Maybe she could, like... Holds onto her wrist and like waves waves hello to people. Hey, yeah, just a friendly doctor taking his patient out for a little bit of fresh air. Yeah, you know, I guess he's getting released today. Until the dog runs by and the dog. her glasses get flung off and her head falls to the side. <laughs> and they're dead eyes, and no one cares. Nope. Well, no one. Well, detective is in the back looking real. He's literally hiding in the bushes. Yeah. yeah. All Halloween style. He's right away. He's like, yep, stealing a dead body. <laughs> and Francesca comes, and Dan has an opportunity to forget both about Megan and about Gloria mm-hmm. and get right into whatever Francesca's got going. Yep. Which is uh, some sweet Italian cooking. And a lot of China. Because <laughs> they're going to have a little date tonight. Yeah. And I hope you like garlic. Yeah. <laughs> what That's was that about? Make out after you eat my garlic Italian food. Oh, I'm glad you said food. Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe maybe she'll serve the garlic and he'll serve the sausage. Oh. Ooh, like her vagina smells like garlic. Hey, man. <laughs> Every rose has its thorn, brother. <laughs> Hope you like garlic, because that's what I taste like. <laughs> Oh. Interesting. Oh boy. Is this the second time that they're in the basement and get distracted by the doorbell because it's Francesca coming over for the date? Yeah. Well, first, Lieutenant Leslie Chap- Chapham. Um, he, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. He, he swoops in. He swoops in to talk to Francesca. Mm-hmm. Does, and we get our third badge flash. No, this is the upside down badge flash. That yeah. Looks really bad and he warns her he tries to warn francesca about what she's what she's associating herself with he goes and shows francesca some reanimated creatures yeah he does one being his wife yes yeah yeah they do a little of uh what you might call like an exposition walk along yeah (laughs) like here francesca why don't us two not so important characters go off to the side for a second, and I'll teach you exactly why I'm being such a big asshole to these people. Now here, look at this dirty puke bum. <laughs> <laughs> this is my wife. I used to beat her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't know that yet. For now, we just know that he wants vengeance on Dr. West and Dr. Dan so badly because he is, his wife was one of the ones that were reanimated and it is now this freak monster that hangs out in a room all day with two puke bums. There you go. And he is yeah. bottled rage. Mm. Because she's still alive. Yes. And we think it's just because of the... I killed her. And you brought her back? Yes. I was done. I got away with it. Exactly. Yeah, we learn later in the film... That lieutenant, that lieutenant definitely killed his wife. Dr. West is like, oh yeah, I recognize that corpse that I stole. You beat that bitch to death. <laughs> and so that's why he's, he's angry. Dr. Dan, shoot him! 
which is a which is a nice little reveal. You know, we just think the whole time that he's just doing this for revenge for the trauma of doing this to making his wife into a zombie. But no, it's because he's got lingering evidence. <laughs> yeah, to just some loose ends he's got to tie up. Those puke bums, though, man. Dude, did that not, did that not bother you, Nathan? Those guys were fucking disgusting. The reanimated corpses. Those, yeah, there's well, the two like bum ones. They're just like covered in like, puke and mucus. Oof, filth and. They kind of harp on those ones throughout. Like, even later on in the movie, they do that, like, what, outside in the rain scene in that, the cemetery? That was the most satisfying scene, because every time you see a uh, beard puke bum, he's always just got, it's just all matted in there. And when you see him outside in the rain, that was probably the most satisfying scene for me for the entire thing. It was like, oh... Thank God, at least he's getting some water through that shit. Uh, God had to clean him finally. I know. I, I, I hope Dr. Hill's got him out there for like hours on lookout just so he can get it all out. Caruso, don't you mean um, beard puke bum Dan? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Puke Dan. Huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we get the date. Because they're downstairs. What what are they talking about now? Are they talking about what it's going to take to finish off this body? I forget what Dan and Dr. Wester talking about in the basement before they get interrupted by... Okay. Body parts together and they're like dabbing it with the reagent and trying That's, to like... Yeah. Trying to, trying to create that... Um, you know how the fingers and the eyeball just mesh together in that nice, beautiful way? Mm-hmm. Trying to encourage the the connection between the body parts to happen and they're setting up the, the the mock circulatory system with the tubes and the blood yeah i think just what you just showed right there is one problem i have with the movie and it's the fact that it cuts between some of the same scenes and settings so much it's hard to keep up with what happens before what or like forgetting something that happens like i know the first one there was a lot of you know it cuts from in the basement or in the morgue or you know wherever but the thing is the scenes were long enough and had enough running around to different places and settings to where it was fine but this one cuts back and forth so much forcing the dr hill head story into this whole thing that it's just it's so confusing after a while mm-hmm russo that would be because it's poorly done uh well i mean yeah. It's it's because a lot of the settings are dark inside rooms. Yeah. So we get a little difficulty differentiating from time to time. I do like they do have the I guess general structure of this Frankenstein's monster Dan's girlfriend thing that they're bringing back to life. All the different pieces are loosely connected. They're putting that weird skin grafting cheesecloth all over them. <laughs> And I don't understand why they didn't use Weekend at Bernie's body's head. They had the whole thing. Why would they just go with the torso? Because Dan has to fuck it later. Yeah. They didn't put that virgin womb in there. For Bernie's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he saw that girl. Yeah, she was beat. They didn't want, they didn't want that girl. Uh, yeah, he wanted it. was maybe even a gift from West to Dan. You put too many different body parts on there, Daniel, and you've got too many different kinds of consciousness trying to meld into one. You're going to end up in a situation where, where there might be a rejection. Oh. Saying. You're leaving yourself open for a rejection. Absolutely. True. Do you think, would a normal woman come into Dan's 
shit house and just immediately turn back around and go home? Yes. No. Yes. I, I would just take off my clothes and have sex. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're not a normal woman. <laughs> what? I'm the feminine perspective on this show. Yeah, you're like the whore perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I like when, uh, when, when the fornication's going on upstairs and, and West is pouting downstairs how he's like, ah, take this extra leg, take this extra arm. Let's, let's put them together. Let's put them together. <laughs> <laughs> Tickling the foot after he yeah. like reanimates the yeah, foot. Just, this is what this is what West does when he's bored and waiting for his for his intern Dan to come back downstairs. <laughs> That's what I didn't. <laughs> I love all of his little weird ass creations, but I hate the like. He just does ridiculous shit, like calling him rejects and stuff. It's like, dude, you did those when you were bored. You weren't shooting for anything other than like, you know, passing time with your douchey ego. Yeah, there is a mean streak that they make a lot of these characters have towards these uh, quote-unquote abominations. Um, when they're, when they're when Dan is swooning or being swooned by Francesca in the kitchen, that's just a cold pot of gross tomato sauce, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> they just opened that shit. There's, there's A fire has not touched that thing. And they're just lapping it up. They make out a little bit and then go right to fucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right to it. I don't Get think dessert they, first. Did they eat? No. Yeah. Fuck it. You know they did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he, I mean, they I'm ate sure it all. they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they ate everything. And they ate something. But they made it so, so nice. Like he's just like laying on top of her and you get the like. The MIDI flute solo in the background as he has his hand perfectly keeping her nipple from being exposed. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That Dillard's porno jazz. The like, Legend of Zelda music? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what if they had gone the other direction? Like, they just, like, cut to the bedroom and she's eating his ass? Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it doesn't taste garlicky. Garlicky Dan, what's going on? You need to eat more pasta. You're having Italian today. Yeah, you lie. This just tastes like shit. <laughs> At least mine tasted like garlic. Damn. That's what Dan's really into. That's why he's always hopping around women. Oh. Because they do it once Jeez. and then just yeah. And after that, he has no use for him. He's like, get in there. Hope you brought the garlic. Oh. God, no. man. Then creepy Corbin West is doodling with. Human body parts. Creepy West is wandering by while they're doing the tit grab scene, just checking them out. Yeah, yeah, he is. He gets a little peek. Yeah, he the... needs. He needs to get laid, right? Am I right? He does. I just don't think yeah. he cares to. Yeah. He's, he's more interested in work, but I feel like every once in a while he needs like a little, like grimy white trash like dumb girl like a girl that he would like look down on like a stripper to just he really needs to reanimate someone. no he's he's a closet necrophiliac it's yeah it's very apparent just do it just get it over with yeah just oh. he, he has i'm sure yeah i don't want as he would be though. chilled out no that this is what he does he takes like the serum into the morgue and he like wakes him up just long enough oh and then man. puts him right back down God. Rubs it all over his thing. Reanimates that vagina. You got that glow dick. Oh, like the like they slowly awaken as he's fucking them, and then he just shoots him in the head when he's done. Yeah. 
Two maybe shots, he, man. Pop, pop. Ugh. Maybe he's got uh, erectile dysfunction and he rubs it all over his dick to reanimate it. Oh, oh. oh. damn. He's like, oh, are you ready for my primordial ooze? Oh, oh no. Time to feel the clay of creation. Oh. <laughs> and then he could be like, you know, my dick gets angry when I have sex. Yeah. And then Ryze comes, he shoots him in the head. That's what I'm saying. Pop, pop, man. <laughs> That's it. Two Teach shots, man. Yeah. Teaches the finger eyeball to like jerk him off. Really <laughs> <laughs> for it just it just tickles his bougie hole the whole time. It's like yeah, dude, just hang there for a second. That's what happened when he put the arm and the leg together. He was like, no, nah, nah, it's not gonna work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dan comes downstairs into the basement. He's got his pants down, just confused with the arm leg thing. <laughs> So anyway, comes Wes comes downstairs after being creepy, and uh, Lieutenant Happy uh, Meal, Lieutenant Dan is downstairs in the shadows, being even more creepy. Yeah, just he just burst into their house, right? He reminded me a lot of the detective from Halloween. Yeah, right. But, but this one, this, but this one's being like super nefarious. He just like broke into their house. Oh yeah, waiting in the shadows, and just kind of like manhandles dr west <laughs> well he starts off by uh like dramatically slamming the walls around him didn't like put his hands on him, just trying to show what he can do and how loud he can be like an abusive boyfriend uh-huh and that was kind of like that and just like uh, like yeah, there's a little dan and herbert for there for a second yeah, there was yeah, he got a little taste of what he does to dan all the time yeah mm-hmm. Ugh. and he makes his way into the basement and um calls Dr. West, a butcher, to which Dr. West says, How dare you judge my work? <laughs> which he, like, delivers. He's, like, got his hands in his pockets. Like, he doesn't give a fuck about Lieutenant. He's like, don't judge my work, you peasant. <laughs> a scientist, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then he puts him down. Yeah, puts yeah. him back with the shovel, and then he uses that smoke rag. <laughs> yeah, the heart attack. Yeah. Smoke. Yeah, we haven't talked about this. He busted it out for a little, like, show and tell earlier in the movie, but Dr. West has developed this heart attack smoke <laughs> that he keeps in a yeah. jar yeah. with, like, a rag in it. And apparently if you get in that jar and snatch the cloth out real quick... Not enough of that heart attack smoke gets away to kill everyone in the room. That sounds like a necrophiliac's chloroform. Mm Mm-hmm. That's if he goes the other way with it. Usually he brings them back to life, so so he's, like, not technically. I really want to have sex with this person. I'm going to chloroform them. Yeah, and then... So I can reanimate them after I have sex with them. It's business and pleasure. He also tries to play it off when Dan comes downstairs... He's like, oh, he attacked me. I don't know what to do. But Dan is fed up again. He's going to leave for real this time. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no, no, for real, for real this time. This is is capital murder. He's got to go, right? He has to. He killed a cop, man. (laughs) He did. He straight up killed a cop. That is going to draw a lot of attention. Oh, we'll just bring him back. It's okay. And put him out on the street. Yeah. It's a perfect solution, too. Just (laughs) wake him back up, which goes perfectly as planned. (laughs) I mean, he wakes back up. He does. Maybe that's as far as they thought it out. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Instead, he immediately freaks out. Some weird shit falls out of his mouth. Uh, yeah. He starts grabbing people and throwing them all around the room. Yeah. I love that there's always those flimsy medical carts that always get pushed over that have lots of metallic objects on them that make a lot of noise. Oh, yeah. You can just see the Foley guy just, like, freaking out in there, like, dumping drawers out. I hate messes. That one white container falls on the ground and, like, these intestines and innards come Oh, yeah, yeah, just the cooler full of shit. Yep. Whenever that shit happens in movies, I'm like, oh, fuck, you have to clean that up now. Like, it's disgusting. Like, you could picture, like, using the shovel to... I start envisioning cleaning it up and pick, using the shovel and wiping it down. It's disgusting. It's all right. You just get uh, Mike Myers on it. He's real good at cleaning up shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real fast. Yep. <laughs> what I like about this scene is when he chops his arm off and then cauterizes it. Yeah. 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 That's so weird. Back. Yeah. <laughs> he did it. Does he do it on purpose? Uh, There's. I, I don't know. I think he must. I think he like it stumbles. He falls into the fire yeah. and it just goes out for him. I couldn't tell. It looked like both. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was intentional when I watched it, but I'm not quite sure. Well, let's get to the important part, and that's when Lieutenant Dan goes upstairs, and well, he ends up in a fight with a dog. Yep. This dog oh, man. gets flung around in that wonderful, perfect moment that uh, that Daniel has given passes to in the Reanimator series up until this point. I do want to make a prediction that this dog scene is going to be upsetting. Uh, it was a tough <laughs> one for me. I'll tell you the reason that it falls on the pass side. I know why. Which oh. is what? The eventual state of the dog afterwards. Uh, that's that part's great too. The part that makes the just the the tussle that he has with that, with that thing okay for me is that he tears its leg off. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was something. So what? the whole scene you're watching it, you're like, oh, no, no, and then he rips that dog's leg off, and you're like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, partially because Francesca freaks the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, which is great. And then to your credit, Nathan, uh, it does actually show Dr. West cleaning up that mess. Mm-hmm. He's like putting the intestines back in the little box like, oh, God damn it, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, West is nothing if not meticulous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really found out about how meticulous he was in the first one when he left the fridge door open. Well, I mean. He could have closed it so hard it opened back up again. It happens. Mm, Perfectly reasonable yeah. suggestion, Marissa. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he slammed it out of passionate scientisting. <laughs> <laughs> he is an angry person. <laughs> so true. My my favorite pastime, scientisting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Uh, I'll use that in the future. <laughs> Every time I start scientisting, I'm going to invite you. I believe bulbing is involved somehow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that happens also. <laughs> uh, what's because now this reanimated lieutenant has a torn this leg off the dog, and uh, terrorized Francesca. Francesca runs downstairs to see what the hell is going on, sees all this experimentation that's laid out in the basement, and really lets Dan know that she's done with them. You're a freak. God, I hate you. 
West has got some problems, Daniel. Okay, let's all talk about this. He's got some fucking problems. He can't stop. It's like he gets dead flesh and he just automatically takes it over to the table and starts putting it together. So what you're saying is he's a compulsive reanimator. Uh-huh. Oh, maybe. Yeah, it's like, oh, I've got a dog. Oh, it's missing a leg. I've got an arm. Boom. <laughs> Put them together. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, like if you had Dr. West like tied to a bed in a hospital, and you just have a tray with dead flesh on it, and you pass it close to his body, a little like needle jerks out towards it. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's not a problem. It's like something, you know, it's like somebody who starts with a low-grade drug eventually. They start to fuck around with more serious shit. Just like this. He's a, he's an addict. He's he doesn't have a controllable personality. He's got a he's got issues. Am do, I right? Thank you, Nancy Reagan. Do, <laughs> do you think he ever reanimated just a penis? Oh yeah. Oh, probably. You know he has. I mean there was just a boob on that guy's shoulder. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> he's had to have made something that's got like three dicks on it. Himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got toe penises. Oh, uh. oh just replaced his toes with penises. Oh, that would be like or his penis with toes. Oh, oh that would be uh, Quentin Tarantino's reanimator. Oh, yeah. Uh. It's a, it's just Quentin, but he's attached a black dick to himself. <laughs> oh, uh, so laissez faire. <laughs> <laughs> Now, here's where Dr. Hill, the decapitated head Dr. Hill, um, really uses his telepathy to call out to all his little zombie buddies in that great little moment where he just kind of looks up into the sky and then all the reanimated bodies like jerk like, huh? It's like calling the, the super friends or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like he's getting he's sitting into cerebro. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a trash can. They all look his. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? Is it is it Gloria time? Is it, is Gloria going into critical critical status yet? Yes, yeah, Gloria she's already gone in for her surgery. Which everyone seemed to know would not really go well. Yeah. But Dan nah, just lies to her I mean, face. He's lying to himself. Yeah, he still wants to hit that. That's true. He's selfish. He's doing yeah. it for himself. For sure. He doesn't mm-hmm. care that he's giving her false hope. No. And but she doesn't she doesn't make it. And what is up with Dan getting sprayed in the face with blood? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like every time they end in an operation or something, it's just splatters across his face every time. Except with this last time with Gloria, <laughs> it almost looks like he's the blood splatters on his face. He's like, okay, fuck this. I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's supposed to be traumatized because of what's happening to Gloria. That's that's the acting intention in the scene. But it comes across as like, oh, blood on my face again. Like, yeah. It's because he's incompetent. Like Doctor Doctor West swoops in, immediately starts trying to like cut her chest open. I'm sure it's because he wants to keep this body as fresh and untainted as possible. But right. it looks like he's doing it like he's the only one to rush the act to action. And then once he makes a nice like scalpel line, essentially a tracing line for Dan to follow with the bone saw, he fucks it up. 
by going off center, and then he hits the artery, which is like the third artery of the movie that he's hit, and then a little bit of this. Oh, for fuck's sake! I give up. <laughs> no, 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 no. West is like half-assing this. Like, okay, well, let's go in. Blah. Oh, she's she's dead. There's nothing we can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna call it. She looks. She's dead. She's done. Yep. Everyone leave the room, but me. I'll I'll take care of her. Immediately, he's thinking. He's already five steps ahead of himself, thinking. Okay, how many can I convince Dan to get this head back to the laboratory? Um, Doctor Hill does his mm. telepathic telepathic cerebro call out. Telepathetic. Got that right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And um, Graves has had enough while this is happening and shoves an apple in his mouth. And Yeah, he does all that. Then he goes off for a while, and when he returns, the head is gone. Uh, Lieutenant Dan's holding it. Because Lieutenant Dan has gone and retrieved it. And then Lieutenant forces <laughs> Dr. Graves to attach the bat's wings to Dr. Hill's head. Yep. Great. And then they lock him in the freezer thing. Yep. Fantastic. That head has to be mobile. He can't just have these zombie dudes dragging him around by the hair all the time. It's embarrassing. He's a doctor. We did that mm -hmm. for an entire movie. He's I mean, over that. It's time to fly. That yeah. bat wasn't using those wings anyways. No, Dr. Graves cut him off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing died twice. Come mm -hmm. on. What are the chances? Honesty time. First time through, as it was for me and Chelsea... And Andrew, um, the first time you guys ever watched this movie, I'm assuming you've watched it more than once, um, is, d did you automatically know what they were doing when they were starting to cut oh, into the side yeah. of Dr. Hill? Yeah. yeah, for sure. No. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on this one, Nathan. No, I, it wasn't until the second time that I was like, oh, I didn't even notice that he cut the wings off the bat the first time. Yeah. So when they yeah. started cutting his face, I was like, are they going to take his face off? <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we thought. Yeah, I if was like, only. They, I was like, "What are they doing?" And Andrew was like, "He's gonna put his face on the lieutenant's face, body, head." Yes, I. <laughs> I thought it was gonna happen. Yeah, I thought so too, Andrew. We're both dumb. Oh no! Hey, hey, hey! And the bat wings. That's the logical decision. They could have had a double-headed human. No, no. Occam's razor says they were going to attach bat wings to his face. Yeah, the mm -hmm. bat wings are very nice. Makes him way more mobile than oh, yeah. the lieutenant's body could have, could have achieved. Yeah, it gives him a, like a sort of a Dracula vibe almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, they got the Frankenstein and the Dracula vibe. I like it. Uh, yeah, every time I think of Dracula, I think of bat wings sewn into the side of someone's face. <laughs> like it was just like Gary Oldman's <laughs> face. You think of Dracula yeah. turning into a bat, and the bat looks like this. No, now I want to see Keanu Reeves' head. With bat wings on his face. Wow. <laughs> I'm rewatching Dracula tonight. Do it. Wait, which one? Uh, the one with Gary Oldman. No, 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 no. Bram you have Stokers. to watch the Criterion original from 1930, blah, blah, blah. Oh, they don't have that on Criterion. That's, I wish they did. Yeah, I know. It's Nathan spouting off about it's stuff he doesn't know about. Uh -huh. It's a legacy <laughs> collection. <laughs> I was trying to be a jackass. And I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Now, are we finally going to reanimate this goddamn body? It took way longer than I thought it was going to to get this bride going. Yeah. Does she seem like she's a giant? Right? Yeah. That's what I was saying. She was Anyone tall. else? 
she yeah she, one she's tall two they've sort of like just caked the special effects onto her so yeah. she looks thicker and wider yeah. she kind of looks like stifler's mom yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's, she is kind of frankenstein-esque she, but um she's also what as tall as dan so taller than west yeah, she's made for Dan to have sex with, so yeah. it's it's compatible. There's a very clean uh, like schematic and ratios diagrams that connect their genitals together. She's the perfect Titan, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and it, it takes a little bit longer for them to wake her up with the juice. They gotta like really pump it into her and give it a good weight. And in the meantime, there's a Doctor Hill flying over to this house <laughs> with his like zombie army in tow. Uh, Francesca shows up to like engage in the drama. It's actually they had, there, there was actually some sweet moments with, uh, when they wake when they reanimate the like weird Megan Gloria body. If Dan wasn't such a weird pussy, I feel like I could have been really sincere and kind of sad. But instead, you know, she has a couple of moments where she gets jealous over Francesca being there, and then they sort of get into a fight and tussle with each other. And then they're just, like Crusoe was saying, they're all just really mean. Yeah, like, it's, it was like their crowning achievement, and they just treat it like shit. Like, you know, she's a living person, and then they're just like, oh, I created you, I don't give a fuck about you. It's like, dude, you've been putting all this work and care into something talking about it so beautifully and poetically and then you're just like I don't give a shit grab the notes let's dip so just I want to really take a step back just for a second because there was like the five seconds where West was like well it's a fight your girlfriend doesn't stand a chance against the bride Mm-hmm. like doesn't stand a chance and then like five seconds later it was the ex- what you explained but I like how they just kind of took a step back and decided to watch it like it was a sporting event. Yeah, they didn't try to stop it or anything. <laughs> They're like, let's see this boxing match. There's like, oh, girls will be girls. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right, dude, like like Nathan mentioned earlier, um, there was that moment that we kind of overlooked where uh, Dr. West, you know, he's... Dan was there when she actually kind of reanimated and came to life do you think there was like a, a duckling situation where oh, she yeah. saw dan and was like you i love you yeah, you're my mommy, you're my mommy. Yeah. yeah or my true. daddy oh true true my you da- only love your daddy my danny uh. we know how west <laughs> we all know how west feels about credit being taken from him oh yeah mm-hmm. he's got a big problem with that that's the bigger issue at first it seems like hey why don't you love me i made you for me, but he didn't really. He made him for. He made her for Dan. He's really more upset that she thinks Dan made her. Yeah, yeah. But they put all those aside during the fight because, like you said, they they all they go all Joe Rogan and uh, and start to commentate <laughs> on the cat fight. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some tussling, some throwing around. Does, does the bride get like electrocuted somehow? Yeah. Does it does it immediately go to her just all of a sudden falling apart? No, she she goes uh, she... around. Uh, what's her face for a little bit? Yeah, but then um, 
she goes up to Dan and was like, uh, don't you want me? Oh, and he's like, Dan it's her heart, her. not her, I don't want your body. And so she rips the heart out of her own chest. Yes, that that whole thing was, I, li- I liked all of that. Yeah. yeah, She already kind of looked pretty cool, like not your normal sort of, you would expect just to see a bunch of like clean like stitches of different colored body parts together. But no, they, they have her like... Uh, steampunked out like with like clamped together clamps and harnesses and some things are just exposed and left open and everything's goopy and drippy and like skin off her hands is missing and then she gets so hurt that she like pulls she reaches into her own chest and pulls her still beating still like arterially connected heart mm-hmm. and holds it out to him and then like slowly starts to just her arm no, yeah, her arms falls off. She gets up on that uh, crazily lit table, and it's like a like a '90s music video, and mm-hmm. she starts falling apart. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks real Cronenberg style. It looks yeah. badass when she's falling apart. She like leans her head back, and she's screaming, and then her whole head slowly pulls off the neck stump and just peels off and falls to the ground. The torso splits open and falls away. Like all that looked really good. Oh yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was. In a lot of movies, you get a lot of great buildup with the uh, a meh payoff. Yeah. And here you got a lot of confusing buildup with this, like, great little deteriorating scene. Yeah. And this is, at the same time this is happening, we discover that the reason Dr. West has been going into and out of this crypt and constantly moving this heavy metal locker back and forth over the entrance is because he's taken all of his boredom mutants that he's been making and as soon as he's done with them he just tosses them into the crypt and holds it back up which means there's just this slew of badass fucked up claymation monsters sitting in this crypt i wish that those could have been introduced a little bit earlier yeah like what a great like sort of 20 minute segment it could have been if before all this bride shit went down that those things got loose yeah yeah you know have them walking around terrorizing people and Mm -hmm. Even just people. in the background. Yeah. They could have been little background jokes that kept going on. People getting pulled underneath cars and shit by weird two dudes that are connected by their rib cages and walk on their hands. Like <laughs> like hand-foot combo. The double-sided person. The double-sided person, yep. Yeah, the, the, the head-foot-hand combo. That one was a strange one. Yeah. I feel like Dr. West was just being lazy. The, uh, uh, yeah. He's bored. The yeah. three-pod, one-handed dog. Yes, the one that actually grabs at Francesca. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, isn't that isn't that a uh, so like satisfying for that dog cuz the person whose hand is now attached to him is the person who ripped off his arm. Yeah, so he got his hand. So he got his uh-huh. hand to replace his. He's like, "What's up, bitch?" Should have been a scene where the dog like suffocates chokes yeah. him out lieutenant <laughs> it's just the camera shoots back to the dog and she's like <sighs> not even paying attention and then just uh. mm-hmm. yeah and here's where it seems like they kind of had to just speed things along because they don't take time to kill these mutants or f- focus on any one of them or there's not even really an organized attack that's going on by dr hill he just sort of flew in here with his zombies and now this entire crypt is caving in on itself and everyone's getting killed in the process yeah so very like We'll just wrap this up by killing everyone. We get another vague Dr. West sort of disappearing into the smoky dust. And Dan, that scene of him coming out of the grass? Yeah. That, yeah. that tripped me out. Because it was like, it looked like grass clipping quicksand. Yeah. Yeah. Or I like mean. the mud scene from 
raising Arizona. Like it's just like <laughs> you just all of a sudden his hand comes out of the grass. There's no obvious hole or any place where things are caving in, and then he pulls himself out. And then well, pulls uh, didn't the, didn't the grass that he came out of that whole thing like poofed up and then caved in, right? Mm-hmm. And then they came out of like the indention. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sort of like a little like little pit formed there, and of course Francesca, complete dead weight. <laughs> like, it looks like he's gonna tear her arm off, the way he's just tugging her out of that hole. And as soon as she's all the way out, oh, 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 oh Dan, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I guess I could have helped by hanging on to you a little bit and making that easier for you, but no. If I was really <laughs> passed out, I totally wouldn't remember or know why I was thanking you, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was just, like, calling him a freak. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. she, he saved her life, sure, but she should be like, thanks, don't ever talk to me again, you fucking necrophile. <laughs> it was the heat of the moment. And that's it. Yep. That, that, that's the end. It just ends right there. Yep. I guess to take us into another ambiguous gap for us to fill in once we get to beyond reanimator which will come out 15 years from now or yep. the 14 years but it does 13. take place 14 years later yeah. oh it does yeah, yeah. so same it, actors uh uh-huh. jeffrey combs is in it is i don't know if dan and the gang uh, i on the back good. it showed uh dr hill's head so i don't know if that's just like a prop that they use or whatever in the movie but He's his uh, likeness makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. So maybe some flashbacks. That's what I was thinking. Now we've come to an end. Seems weird to end there, but it does end there. Mm-hmm. I've noticed some negative tones. Not as much love to go around from what I'm hearing, so I'm a little bit scared to get into it. But let's do some ratings. How we do that on here on 100 Lunatics is we go. Our rating system goes from three to negative three. If anything lands on the positive side of the scale, it's because it is a good, good movie. If it has a bad, good movie value, we fall into the negative side of the scale. A one means you liked it, but you wouldn't necessarily tell anybody else to watch it. Two, you liked it a lot, and you would want to share it. Three, you loved it. That goes the same in the negative direction, uh, with zero being the worst possible rating, which means it just doesn't matter. So, Andrew... Let's begin with you. What do you give Bride of Reanimator? I was, uh, I feel like we've had fun talking about this movie, which means I don't think it's unnecessary, which I was feeling at the beginning. Oh, too harsh to, unnecessary? So, I, I feel like it's a negative one. A negative one. Okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you. I'm not gonna fight you on that. I'm a little it's, bit- I think I'm probably going to watch this again, but I, I would honestly just tell anyone to watch the original. Right. Which is fine, but for the completionist in us, for those that want to see how the story continues, negative one. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. All right. Even though I find that I probably will end up watching this again when... The uh, Beyond Reanimator comes up. I'll probably just watch all three. Okay, let's continue this and go to the rest of the ladies. Chelsea. I don't know if you want to hear from me, Daniel. Uh Uh-oh, you got bad things to say? Why are you doing this to me, Chelsea? I've been pretty quiet this podcast. And I think it's because this movie took such a a far drop from the original Reanimator. And 
it was too slow, I thought. It had a lot of those good qualities that the first one had, but it couldn't quite put them together in a way that entertained me. And I'm going to give it a zero. No, Chelsea. No, you can't give it a zero. <laughs> That's where it is. That's what's up. No, you can't do that. Why? No. We'll Why? come back around to you. <laughs> <laughs> it. I understand what you mean, but the things are still there. We get. We have a little bit of a pacing problem, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of a coherence problem, even, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you've got your goofy... Uh, how... Different. They found magic in the first one. They didn't know what they had. They were just having fun. And then the second one, they're trying to recreate it, and they're failing. Like they didn't. Like a lightning in the bottle situation. Yeah, that's what I feel. And I just don't want to give it a minus one just because it's part of a trilogy that could be cooler. Because I really liked the first one. I think we have way too many like minus one, minus two situations and. I'm never going to watch this movie again. I had fun, though. Right? right? You did have fun. That didn't sound okay. like zero to me. Okay. You know, you've got but- headless body walking around in the first one. Here you've got head with bat wings. <laughs> uh, in the first one, you had just zombies that were just reanimated. Nothing too special about one. This one, you have, like, weird Frankenstein monsters and different claymation finger things with eyeballs. In the first one, you get a decapitated head going down on a chick. In the second one, you get a dead bum with throw-up in his beard. <laughs> oh, no, you get nub rubbing on boob and putting in her mouth. Exactly, oh, you yeah. get nub rub. Yeah. Nub rub. That nub groping. <laughs> yeah, there's a part where Lieutenant catches Francesca in the hallway and rubs his dirty nub all over her tits and then shoves it in her mouth you know that's phantom limb syndrome he feels that shit like it's his fingers oh yeah, yeah. he does oh yeah because you know <laughs> he just wants one thing oh daddy have a little lick <laughs> okay so parentheses chelsea negative one got it uh marissa i'm gonna give it a negative two Negative two. Yeah. So we have not just that you had a decent time with it, but you you would recommend it. This is a franchise you think you should somebody should see. Yeah, for sure. So far. So far, you could fall off by the time we get to beyond. <laughs> All right, Caruso. What does Nathan and Andrew think I'm gonna grade it? Hmm. Fun game. Which side of the scale is he going, guys? Seems like. With my consent or not, it's a fun game to play amongst everybody else, so let's see. <laughs> it's even giving him a, a positive two or something that totally doesn't make any sense to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was I was saying uh, I would probably guess a negative two, but I, I, I follow Nathan on this as well. You probably could give it a, a positive two. Well, it's just a negative two for me. Because, I mean, at first it's... Because it was the producer now directing, it seemed like his his direction and his camera work was just basic. It was kind of boring, but it had enough... I, I wouldn't recommend it to just anybody, but anybody who probably likes Jeffrey Combs that may has, have only seen the first one, and I think he had a lot of good dialogue in it. He got a lot more than he did in the first one. And even though the shots of the special effects were kind of boring, it... It still had enough to just make it a negative two. And Nathan. Okay. 
I need to have a little talk in general. There's a reason why the wheel spins and it lands on sequels and remakes, and then it spins and it lands on a new material. And that's because sequels and remakes should be held to a different standard. They should be evaluated in a different way. When you're talking about a sequel and a remake, you're talking about something that is a continuation of the original movie's foundation, what it has established. Now, Reanimator walked through the door, and it set a standard, and it set a foundation that, like it or not, all further movies that are in this series are going to be related to. So when I take that into account, and I've flopped around on this movie a little bit throughout this podcast after watching it, I I don't think that, you know, in, in, in what Chelsea is saying too, we, we don't hold movies to enough scrutiny when dealing with the actual definition of the 100 lunatic scale. And that's, was this necessary? Was Beyond Reanimator necessary? Did it do anything that the first one didn't do and trump in spades? And the answer is no. It did not. It didn't even come close. It just took a giant step down and only exists because of what the first one did. And this is unnecessary. This is a zero. What? Wow. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> never. Damn. I totally thought I was going to be alone on this one. No, I know. Now you guys get to both be wrong together. <laughs> oh, Daniel, don't be mad. I was so close to joining you. I know. No, you, you made the happiness of Daniel. That's not true. There's a lot of zeros. You made. put Maze Runner as minus you can, one. You can so still can... have fun with this movie <laughs> and enjoy the things that Jeffrey Combs does. But the question I'm asking myself is... Was is it, Chelsea right? Was it necessary to make this? And the answer is no, it was not. There's nothing in this movie that it did that the first one didn't do better. So a zero. Well, it was unnecessary for this movie to exist. Sometimes you don't have to make more of something just because. You think that there's an opportunity for money, obviously. Sequels, especially in the horror genre, always fail to be better than what has already been done. I think especially with horror movies, though, the sequels and remakes are, I would go out and say about 60 to 70% of the time, unnecessary. So if it came down to it, that means like every other podcast, we would just be given like every movie a zero. You could generalize it like that, but Night of the Demons 1 and Night of the Demons 2, I think Night of the Demons 2 took it another level. Like, if, if Bride of Reanimator was number one and Reanimator was number two, it would have taken it to the next level. But because Reanimator is significantly better than Bride of Reanimator, it's, it isn't worthy of, of grading it. I agree with you, though, Crusoe, because some of my favorite movies in the horror genre are like six, seven, eight sequels yeah they're just completely unnecessary and i feel like especially if this is a podcast all about the horror genre we're just gonna to an extent have to get past all of these sequels and remakes let's be honest being unnecessary as hell and just having to grade them off of like just negative scale shit yeah not is this unnecessary like as a forethought to ever producing it in the first place but now that it is made and does exist 
was your experience with it unnecessary? Well, take it take it like this way, because I don't like where this is going. I don't like that it's being generalized as like, <laughs> well, then I guess all sequels have this way. But no, it's different. Every conversation is subject to the content of that specific series. So when if you're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, the Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is significantly different from number one. It tries different things. It does different things. Number three, also significantly different, goes in a different direction. Is number four a zero? Yeah. Is number five a zero? Probably. Is number six a zero? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. I'm just you saying. Go I to mean, the rest of them. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like in that conversation, for me, two and three are not unnecessary. They are different movies. They tried different things. They took the idea of Freddy in a different direction, and this didn't do anything new. Okay. It just tried to do what the original did and failed. Okay, here we go. I'm curious what Daniel thinks. Yeah, here's the final word on this. Because I, I am, <laughs> I am uh, in comparison to other sequels that we've seen, I'm shocked that this sequel gets a zero from anyone here. Um, this movie, especially as a producer coming in and directing and writing, uh, just judging it by that alone, that situation always, almost always goes into this foul, unwatchable place. So this producer is obviously one that worked closely with Stuart Gordon on the first one, understood his beats, couldn't do it the same because he's not really that great of a director or hadn't directed much in, at this point. So you're getting a lot of boring and bland, stable shots, but at least they're consistent and they're competent. They're not subtracting from what you're seeing. They're just causing some pace problems here and there. And this movie does take it a step further. Last time we just reanimated some bodies and they got out of control and we had to put them to rest. This time we're reanimating separate body parts, we're forming them into little creatures and monsters. We're gonna go ahead and form different body parts together to make a whole new woman for Dan to fall in love with? That's a little bit weird. But they're definitely doing something different with it. And I find that I had just as many moments enjoying Jeffrey Combs being Dr. West in this movie as I did in the original, even though I'm very well aware that the original reanimator is better than this film. I would still tell someone, especially as someone who likes to go through franchises, this is a strong pairing compared to many others. Negative two. Go see Bride of Animator. I think uh, the final word here is that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just you know what something... time for. <laughs> We get to try something new this time. Let's crank her up. Just put a little blood in there. <laughs> we, just, we just always get Andrew to feed it now. That's why he's always weak. I have landed on 100 years of horror. The year is 2013. You will be watching Mama. Um, is this the newest? Yeah. Like yeah. most recent? Yeah. I don't feel like we've ever gotten this far or this close to present day. Yeah. Mama.
Do you guys have any preconceived notions of Mama? Have any of you seen Mama? Just the previews. Yeah, we. I think we own it, but we've yeah. never watched it. Canadians? I can't even picture the movie poster, I don't think. What's it about? Uh, it's about these two little feral girls that are discovered and adopted and sort of re-civilized. And the something that was taking care of them out in the wilderness may be continuing to linger around them in their new home with their new family. Ooh. Mama, it's uh, Nathan. This sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, who's the director of this? Andre Muschietti. Okay, yeah. who's who's presenting it? I don't know. I think who's presenting it, Daniel. <laughs> I think I think it's Del Toro. I think he might be presenting it. I know someone famous is definitely attached to the production of this movie. But Mama, 2013, I can't believe none of you have seen it. Yeah. This is exciting to me because I've seen it. Oh, this, is okay. a, this is a controversial movie in the horror community. And I fall in favor of the I like Mama. What, what's the controversy <laughs> over? Uh, there's, we'll get to it. Okay. One of, one of the posts on IMDb says, Americans don't understand this type of movie. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, you think you know what it is, because you've seen American movies with this sort of concept just run the, the, the gamut of what a zero is. Most movies with this premise turn out incredibly mediocre, and who gives a shit? This movie does a lot of things right. Okay. And we'll get to all the controversial parts. It has Jessica Chastain in it. That's pretty tight. And uh, what? what's his nuts from Game of Thrones? Jamie. No. Oh, the guy you can't pronounce his name. Yeah, Nikolai Koster Waldu. Waldau? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, too many names. Too many, you can't have that many difficult names all hyphenated together. Come on. I just want to say one thing about the scale before you silence me. <laughs> 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 the name associated with Zero is unnecessary and not garbage. So I think that often when someone gives something a zero, there's this defensiveness as if someone's calling it garbage, but we're not. We're just calling it unnecessary. Don't put words in my mouth. And you're calling it offensively mediocre. So every time, not every time, most of the times when I rate things at a zero, it also means it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we've noticed that. 2013. I was surprised. Wasn't expecting to hear a date that close to present day. Interesting. We've been spending a lot of time in the 80s and the 70s. Something new. Can they continue to make decent horror films in this era? We'll find out next time. Um... It's over. There's only one installment left for us. That's Beyond Reanimator. Maybe we'll get to that one day. Otherwise, you can visit us at 100lunatics.com. Find us on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. You can get a hold of us at 100lunatics on Twitter. Get a hold of Nathan at I Hate Horror. Get a hold of Andrew at the Intern TPP. Get a hold of Marissa at MJ44. Caruso at Christian Baby. And Chelsea continues to evade us online. <laughs> Thank you, this <laughs> massive group of people, for joining us tonight for Reanimator. The rest of you, next time, for Mama. <laughs> Mama. <laughs>
Sorry, I was wondering how long I could be quiet before any of them said anything. Oh, I'm sorry. I just I had to say something. I get scared. I don't know what happens. If it's quiet for too long, that's when the demons come yeah. out. Vagina. Damn. What? That sounds so awesome. So this one and Pumpkinhead, the same satisfaction was experienced after giving it a zero. See, that's shocking. Like I, you know, and that was, and that was Daniel's response. It's just, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, oh, nope, final word and why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's wonderful times. Vagina. Damn. What? That sounds so awesome. That uh, head is soaked in carny senum. Senum? Senum. I knew what you bet. <laughs> Seen one, seen them all. <laughs> Vagina. Damn. What? That sounds so awesome. The vagina fight. Oh my. Things become vaginized. Reanimated and vaginized. Vagin- vaginization? If I can't trust you to make a fucking opinion. Can I get you to go to uh, iTunes? Okay. And can you type in Andrew Riches <laughs> and buy the album? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. What? That sounds so awesome.